0: We're excited for our guest this hour, so we're going to set some context real quick. Leslie is not only an award-winning, best-selling author, but also speaker, but also a very powerfully committed person and woman to her family. Go to your computer, grab your mouse, and type in www.jackrabbitfactor.com, and you get free, no, no charge, Again, and free you implies you don't have to do it. anything
1: You have to actually read it That's Just, just having
0: it on your computer and printing it off as But you it's been a doing read,
1: it it's an enjoyable read it's, just an, it's an enjoyable book There's a story Her book is an award winning book And it's a bestseller. If you haven't read the book, you can download it right now You can download it right there on the website Jackrabbitfactor.com Talk about abundance There's a right away a giveaway we haven't brought Leslie on yet
0: Alright, so that being said, Leslie yes, sir. Welcome to the show, how are you?
2: Thank you. Fantastic. It's good to be here.
0: So we might possibly hear today on the show some input from her children.
2: <laughs> one of them. I'm in the car, and I've got my one-and-a-half-year-old in the back seat, and it's nap time, but she doesn't want to go to sleep. So she's uh, singing her song, and I hope we don't hear uh, too much of that. I had my son on the
1: radio one day. He was not even a year old, and he just kept talking into the mic because I didn't arrange properly for babysitting that day and i was yep. taking the day off other than i came to the radio so that's fine and great that it was it?
2: <laughs> we are actually on vacation we came up from arizona to visit utah and idaho we've got friends and family all along the way and we try to do this every summer and because we have so many faithful readers of the jackrabbit factor in this area we love to stop and put on these free events so that we can meet the readers and to give them a little more information on how to really change their life, to affect change in a powerful way, because this is what the information did for me, and we're passionate about it.
0: So, Leslie, your life's kind of blown up here in the last couple years with the onset of the book, The Jackrabbit Factor, and your speaking opportunities and coaching, but you know, it wasn't too many years ago that this wasn't exactly part of the lifestyle. Why don't you help our listeners? If I was to ask you the question, who are you? What would be your response to this? I mean, who is Leslie Householder? We've spoken a bunch about what it is now, but what would be your response to that?
2: I've always seen myself as wife and mother of seven children. Of course, not before I had seven children, but wife and mother was all I was all about, and that's really all I aspired to be, and that is, in my mind, the most important thing that I could be. So when my husband and I got married, and we had decided, okay, when the kids start coming along, I'm going to stay home with them, and that was what he wanted for me that's what i wanted for me and that's what we intended to put into place but first baby comes along and we weren't ready to do that i decided you know i'm going to quit work anyway just because that's what we're committed to and apply faith and somehow it's going to work out and a year later we're up to our necks in debt and when my husband loses his job i'm forced back to work and it was really really um there she is really hard on me. And so uh, we started attending seminars looking for out-of-the-box ways to thrive financially, to meet our obligations, to get ahead, to create a lifestyle where I wasn't worried about our neighborhood and the kids playing in it, or, you know, just the basic things that I wanted to raise a happy family. And honestly, after seven years of attending more than 100 seminars, I was tired of it. I was tired of it because I didn't see a whole lot of change. I get pumped up for a weekend and a week later I was back to same old habits, same old mindset, same old concerns, same old stresses and we were seminar junkies <laughs> keeping the industry in business. So
0: <laughs> we call this kind of the difference between being motivated and inspired.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And So
0: you had an experience like many of us do. Like Garrett and I both and many others who who really go the rounds of getting super super pumped up all in the conversation about money and being able to make money and be positive and, and be rich and be wealthy, etc. And yet, that always seemed to fizzle come Monday. So your, your situation arose out of some discontent. You know, there was, oh, absolutely. And this is what brought it about. And really, was, if what I'm hearing correctly, is that it was a situation not being able to stay committed to what your true desires of your heart were, which to be home with your kids and be able to raise them under the standard that you were wanting. And this was where the discontent took place. So you go on this journey of seven years of attending these seminars. What did you learn about going to events? Was there anything positive that came out of those for you? And what would you maybe do different?
2: Every one of them was absolutely positive. In essence, it kept me alive (laughs) all those years. It kept me going. It kept me hoping. And so I'm not knocking them at all. In fact, every one of them gave me a piece to the puzzle that, in truth, when I ended up putting the jackrabbit factor together the journey that richard goes on in that story he actually learns in the story all the lessons that i had to learn and my husband had to learn during those years of all those seminars and so we went back through our notes and you know you write down what is resonating with you at the time so those are the notes you take at a seminar And so we went back through our old notes and just made sure that everything we had to learn over those seven years was included in what richard learns on his journey
1: so you can either buy the book or go to 100 seminars, your, yeah. your ways of learning. <laughs> and you, you know, you've was, compiled it there, so that's great.
2: That was the whole point, was to save people seven years and get it from their head into their heart in three hours or less, you know?
0: I love that phrase you just used. If you could have seen us in the studio, Leslie, we were, we were doing a bunch of fist punches in the air and we were <laughs> dancing around and Angel almost did a somersault. You said, get it out of your head and get it into your heart. Yeah Expand on that for me real quick What does this mean to you? What's the purpose of a comment like that And what's the meaning behind it for you?
2: Well, the one thing that most people don't realize Is that the part of their mind that sets a goal Is not the same part of the mind That handles the achievement of it And so what most of us do is We get in our head how we're supposed to think How we're supposed to act What we're supposed to say What we're supposed to do And yet the other part of our mind Is what's going to control our results And so once we get into our heart. Once we get these concepts into our heart, and that happens through an emotional experience, which is what the book is intended to create for you, then your results are going to start showing up differently. You're going to start behaving differently. You're going to start responding differently to opportunities that come along and challenges that come along, and the way you respond to these things is what's going to determine your success.
0: So in the book itself, it's really complicated and really, really detailed, so you've got to be a rocket scientist to read it, right? Right.
2: Uh, That's funny you say that. I think I wrote it for a third grade level. And not only that, but it's in big print, too, because I didn't want anybody (laughs) with eye problems to have the excuse not to read it.
0: I love it. It's funny because there's two books that stick out in my mind over the last seven years of my journey. There are two books, and we see this throughout the New Testament. Jesus Christ constantly spoke to the idea that in the simplest of things— And in all the parables he taught and everything he expressed and shared was so basic that it allowed for two things to happen. Number one, for those with eyes to see and ears to hear, they were going to see and hear and receive a message at a certain level. And everybody's message levels would be different. The second was it blocked out those who found it worthless. Uh We also had the same experience, though, I did with Rich Dad, Poor Dad and with the jackrabbit factor. And I've had some people who are, you know, they're so learned, they think they're wise. Right? <clears throat> These types of adults who have read The Jackrabbit Factor and Richard Dad Poor Dad, and they're like, well, geez, you know, it doesn't exactly tell you what to do. <laughs> what would you say in response to that? Because I got my own response to it because there's no power in that. But why write it at that level? Why not, you know, just unload with huge, deep, intense, thick writing instead of in a story about this guy named Richard who argues with his wife about money, heads out behind the house, falls asleep, and wakes up in this dream on a path.
2: Because it's relatable. It's something that I think everybody's going to be able to relate with on some level. And when the lights finally turned on for us after attending all those seminars and we finally saw a concept that boiled it all down to its simplest form, which is, by the way, the presentation I'm going to be doing in Salt Lake City tomorrow night, the lights went on, and in three months our income tripled.
0: You'll learn some ideas that were coming before, obviously, the creation of the book, that allowed for you to triple your income in less than a year.
1: It was like three yep. months. Three months.
0: Yep. But this is where people are going to be going, what? <laughs> what? She's a mother, seven children, and they did what?
1: Yeah, and, and this, is, this is great because so many people would have reasons. Well, I can't. I can't because of this. I can't because of that. But you obviously had some circumstances that easily people could have said, it's just not possible, but you've made it possible as an example.
2: Well, and I'll tell you, really nothing changed in our circumstances for us to be able to accomplish that. The only thing that changed was the way we saw life and the way we saw ourselves and the way we interpreted the anxiety we felt about stepping out of our comfort zone.
0: So, Leslie, you spoke to two things specifically right there. You said nothing really changed outside of us, which obviously never does, but you said two things changed within you. You said the way you perceived life and then you followed that up with the way you perceived yourself. Why don't you share a little bit more on that idea? Because I know that has, I mean, that's huge when it comes to what you've written in the Jackrabbit Factor because this is a complete game of Richard going on this experience of learning to see from inside out. Expand a little bit more on that idea for me. What, what, what do you mean by this about you began to see the world differently and you began to see yourself differently?
2: Let me just preface this by this is such good news. Because of the way this works, it follows that absolutely everyone has the power to change their life. It doesn't matter what opportunities are in front of you right now because those opportunities that you need will show up at the right time once you've made this shift. So about the way you see life, the way we saw life, suddenly we recognized that our results, the things that came to us, the experiences we had, were essentially a byproduct of natural law. It's like gravity exists and I can either believe it or not believe it, but it's there, and it's going to affect me. I can either decide that I don't want to be affected by it, but it's there whether or not I, I like it, you know. And and I discovered that success itself is based on universal fundamental laws, and all I needed to know was what they were. As soon as I learned what they were, it gave meaning to experiences. It helped me understand that when something bad happens, it doesn't mean it's bad and that, in it, that, that I could turn it around and make it something good so we can profit in every situation, good and bad. And then there's seven specific laws that we talk about. We don't have a whole lot of time to go into those laws. That is covered in my second book, Hidden Treasures. The other part of it is so you learn how the universe works and you learn that success is going to show up if we are abiding by the laws that govern success. And it's predictable. Once you're abiding by these laws in a conscious way, then you can know that the success is yours. And that puts you in a position to actually receive the blessings that you're seeking. Now, on the other side of this, we also need to understand how we operate, how our mind works. And once we understand how universal law works and how our mind works, you put those two together and you have gained the steering wheel of your life. So
0: you have these natural laws. I mean, these laws that you were speaking about last name, I mean, it's not like they, they just magically appeared. I mean, they existed before you or became aware to them. Oh, yeah. What was the process that you and and Trevin, right, is your husband's name? Uh-huh. What was the process you guys went through to become aware? I mean, because we're talking about awareness here, You know, shifting the way that you're seeing the world, shifting the way you're seeing yourself, and identifying that, listen, we're out of alignment here with some basic laws that govern success and prosperity, How did you become aware? I mean, what was the process of becoming aware to this?
2: First of all, it was governing us all the time. And we became aware of what they were by attending a presentation. You've seen the secret. And really, the secret is about one of those seven laws. And so for our listeners who have seen the secret and they're like, oh, yeah, that was amazing. Uh, What do I do now? How do I apply that? What happens if... I start living by these principles and everything starts looking wrong or worse instead of getting better, there's a reason for that. And it just takes submitting yourself to more learning, more study, more understanding. And that's something that I know you guys do is teaching people what these governing principles are.
0: You're saying right now then that the secret, although powerful and marketed geniusly worldwide and took a craze of success, that you'd actually be limited to only understand the one law of law of attraction of what are the seven fundamental laws that would allow for a person to align themselves for success. Am I hearing this correctly?
2: Yeah, and unfortunately, we're not going to have time to go into those. We have an eight-CD set called Working with the Seven Laws of Success, but that right there is several hours of instruction on the seven laws. There's just not time to cover it.
1: You know, that's great, and even reading the book. I mean, reading jackrabbit factor especially as kind of the first part of the story concludes and then there's the family later on and then the son and the beat-up vehicle that's smoking and you know and, and then actually the father especially teaching his son that was just so valuable for me I think that was my favorite part of the book and just so real and what was great about it is it talks about legacy and perpetuating core values and perpetuating what's so important more than just money And so I I just highly recommend that people uh, grab the book and would love to see you there tomorrow night as well.
2: I'd like to also interject one thing that I set out to do with the jackrabbit factor is so many people are looking at the law of attraction, what it is, how to use it. But essentially, for me, until I could really see, okay, well, what is it not? All right, so is this how it works? No, that's not how it works. I needed to know the other side Mm -hmm. of it, all of the mistakes people make in trying to use it the mistakes people make you know how come we haven't heard so much about that that's what the jackrabbit factor is going to do for a person is to go through and see how you can use it in a mistaken way and not get the results you're after and how to tweak that so that you're doing it right
0: nice leslie's offering this up and you know leslie here's a question that comes to me i bought the book and i have the audio cds why offer it up as a no cost opportunity on your website as an ebook what was kind of the mindset or intention behind that for you
2: you know, originally, I wrote the book because I needed to get this message out. I just had to do it. You know, somebody asked some famous singer once, why do you write music? And he says, so I can sleep. You know, and that's <laughs> kind of how I felt. I, I had to get it out, and it was to change lives. And it's like you teach, Garrett, that when you find your purpose, the money is secondary to why you do what you do. And for a long time there, we sold the e-book. We sold it as a, a purchased download. And... When it came down to it, I thought, you know, why put the brakes on this? If this can get out there and change lives, I know it's going to come back to me. You know, I don't need to worry about that. And it's a way to just help people. And, oh, how many times we needed that kind of help. I'm trying to be what we wished we had had all along, you know. Once we finally got it, I thought, you know, I've been reading all these books for all these years. And I'm like, I finally get what they're saying on a level like I'd never gotten it before, I finally see what they're talking about. Oh, so that's why we think positive. Oh, so that's why we need to dream big. Oh, well, why didn't they just say it like this? And that's what the jackrabbit factor was for me, is why they didn't just say it like this. Bring it down to my level so that I don't have to work so hard to understand it.
0: So I'm going to speak one idea to the listeners to add to what Leslie just said. I mean, if you look at your situation right now, and economically speaking, you are not in an ideal place. And funny enough, I could travel around the country at different events that Garrett and I both have an opportunity to speak at. And we ask the question, are you happy with your current finances? Inevitably, the large, vast majority is no. Are you happy with the experiences in your life in every area? No. Okay, so where's your commitment level? I'm gonna share an idea that I've shared quite a few times. Either you're committed or you're not committed. And here's what I mean by this. If your current situation must improve, if it's something that has to change, then my question for you is what percent commitment do you give to that change? Are you 60% committed? Are you 30% committed? I had a friend yesterday said, How committed are you to that change in your life? And he said, Ah, probably like 50% committed. And what I came to find out is this, and this again is to the listeners. You're either committed or you're not. Imagine me traveling to L.A. next week, calling my wife and saying, Hey, babe, you know what? These have been a great seven years. Kids are awesome. Family's great. And I put a lot of thought into it on my flight, and I've decided I'm at least 75% committed to you as my wife and to our marriage.
1: Well, that's the interesting thing is if someone is unconscious to or they're just unaware that they're doing something wrong or limited or destructive, It's a completely different experience once it's been pointed out to them or the light has shined on it. Now, if they choose the same course, it's not just being deceived. They become part of the deception. So I guess that might be one of the costs. But what you have to ask is, are you living the ideal life? Are you living this life that you love? If you are, great. Bring your energy. If not, come and find out because there's natural laws. It's, it's, It's not chance. You're saying that there's a formula and there's a way to align and the book talks about it and you're going to talk about that in a different arena with these seven laws.
2: And here's the danger is, who was it, Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. said that Mm -hmm. a man's mind once stretched never can regain its original dimensions and if you're feeling a little bit complacent about your life, you're going to come away from this with a realization on how simple it is to make these changes that have seemed like monumental changes in your life. It, it's not that difficult. It's not easy, but it's very simple, and we're going to show you how to make it simple and how to get through it.
0: The only way you're going to know that what we're saying has validity in your life and could bring about a new level of awareness and possibility for you to see and express totally different this realm, this area of wealth, and specifically the conversation of money. The only way you're going to know if what she's sharing today, the only way you'll know it's true for you is if... You give it a try. But again, where is your commitment level? You're either 100% committed or you're not committed to transformation in your life. Enough is enough. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of doing the same things and thinking some drastically new results can happen. Are you going to learn about these seven laws with Leslie?
1: Well, it's transformational when someone actually has this experience. They choose that they want prosperity more for themselves than when others are wanting prosperity more for them. Yeah. You know, So a lot of people, oh, well, I wish so-and-so would get it. I wish they'd be prosperous. They've got to make that choice.
0: So, Leslie, if I were to ask you this, let's say you passed away tomorrow. How would you want to be remembered? I mean, what is it that you would have wanted to have occurred as people sit and they think and they read your book in the future and they learn more about the life of Leslie Householder? What would you want people to remember?
2: Wow. Um, I would like to be known for someone who facilitated a new, more powerful connection between themselves and with their creator, who helped them discover how they could reach their potential.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. How have you been able to express these ideas to your children?
2: There's some fun stories about that in my book, Hidden Treasures. And each child is different and ready at different times to utilize these principles in their own life. But I had an 8-year-old who had his heart set on a few of those very pricey Lego sets, the custom specialized kind. And at the time, this was many years ago, we were not in a position to supply that for him, and nor could I justify the expense at the time. So I taught him how to set the goal to obtain this for himself. And he went through this process with childlike faith that sometimes we as adults need to go back to and try to remember how to do that. And long story short, I'm going to save it for the book, but he woke up on Christmas morning with four boxes full of Legos, probably about $2,000 worth of Legos on Christmas morning that we didn't have to purchase. Wow. A good well, story.
0: What <laughs> impact have you seen, Leslie, on you and, and Trevin and your marriage coming into alignment with these natural laws? What has been the impact upon you as a couple?
2: It's helped us create some common goals that, without the hesitation of, well, I don't know if we can or I don't know if that's possible, we've been able to approach our family goals with there's a way we're going to find it with an expectation, and uh, that's huge for a couple to have common goals. It kind of smooths out the bumps that come along. You can go back to the common goals with an assurance that there is a way and that you both know that, and that's one reason why in the Jackrabbit Factor I take a couple And you see their conflicts between themselves and between each other. And how each one of them, Richard and Felicity, both had to discover these principles individually before they were able to come together at the end. And that's part of my message is that you can't depend on anyone else to create your life the way you want it to be. You have to take ownership.
0: Beautiful. Well, Leslie, you know, it has been an absolute honor to have you on the show today. And uh, we look forward to sit at your feet and learn the principles that you've come to identify and really to be part of the revolution that you've created across this country. Leslie, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, Travel safe and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.
2: Thank you. It's been an honor.
0: God bless. This concludes today's episode of the Rare Faith Podcast. You've been listening to Leslie Householder, author of The Jackrabbit Factor, Portal to Genius, and hidden treasures heaven's astonishing help with your money matters all three books can be downloaded free at a rare kind of so tell your friends and join leslie again next time as she goes even deeper into the principles that will help you change your life